0: Claudia Grace Mckell has had to overcome a lot to get to where she is. The Essex actress overcame deafness and a serious car crash that could have killed her, but she's still managed to succeed in the performing world. Currently, her aim is to shatter stereotypes, she's opting to do that through an independently produced film, Just a Girl. That film will be tackling a number of important topics as it follows the story of a troubled young deaf woman who is desperate to be heard when she falls in love with a local hero. It focuses on the daily struggles it places on her family life, the social situations, and also her own self-esteem. It also looks at women in sport, particularly karate. Brought to you by Essex Live, this is Humans of Chelmsford. And this is Claudia Grace McKell's story Claudia thanks so much for coming on to the podcast and of course telling us about your story and about the film of course uh, which is coming out in the the very near future now Mm -hmm. a lot of topics to explore both with the film and your own life because I think the two of them almost intertwine in a lot of ways yeah so one of the the key themes uh, of the film that we're talking about before we started recording, is the the deafness side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, something you've got experience with yourself. So can you just start by explaining what, what part deafness played in your life growing up as a mm-hmm. child?
1: So um, it was noticed at nursery that I was sitting on the sides and I wasn't joining in with the children. And it was my auntie who noticed. So my mum took me to the doctor's and they discovered that I had a hearing issue so I went and had surgery, I think I was about three years old um, and I was also struggling with my speech as well so there was kind of triggers to thinking that it was something to do with hearing and um, I had an operation and from that operation it left me with tonal hearing loss which is kind of a weird thing to explain because I'm a singer so at school it was never really understood because I could always sing Um, but what it affects is pitch so I struggle with it tends to be the lower range of hearing, uh, and if there's a cacophony of sound, and the way I describe my hearing loss is sometimes uh, there's a party going on in a room and there's windows and I can hear some of it, but not always. So and it's hard to explain to people because sometimes it's really good. If I've got a cold, it's terrible. Um, but that's it. I just tend to I tend to miss things, and at school that was where it was harder because if you're in a classroom and there's lots going on I used to miss things so I had to sit at the front of the classroom I had to when I was doing my exams instead of being in the big halls I'd be in a small space and all of those things had to be asked for and discussed and to be honest with you at school I was fine I tended to ignore the fact that I had a hearing problem I just um, got on with it I come from a family that are working class and they're like Right, you're going to work as hard as you can to do whatever regardless of what's wrong um, so my hearing loss never affected me achieving the um, only thing it affected me with was socially I suppose when people had to repeat five times what they just said and then they were going right do you know what doesn't matter anymore like, I can't tell you anymore this So, and I kind of ignored it and then it was only till I brought a conversation up with my mum we were talking about when I had the operation and I noticed she started to get upset I was like, "Oh, this actually was, has shaped my life, and I haven't really thought about it and um I was with I've, my one of my best friends wears cochlear implants, and she was went deaf uh I think she was about thirteen, and it was to do with an illness that she has and I noticed people staring at her, and we opened a conversation up about how it is um when you tell someone you're deaf, they suddenly lean in and start speaking really loud, or they talk to you like you're stupid and I wanted to explore that within the film Just a Girl because I think it's really important to create, we create stereotypes but to create positive stereotypes of deaf people on screen and um, how this needs to be portrayed because I think at the moment it's quite a singular opinion um, and being deaf and Uh, hearing loss it's so complex there's so many different types um, that affects different ages different types of people so that's what I wanted to explore in the film really and explore also for me like just uh, the whole process of uh, learning about sign language different hearing aids different people's uh, opinions it's all been really interesting and something that I think should be explored more and just doesn't always get the platform too. So that's what Just a Girl aims to do, give a platform for this topic to be discussed.
0: When you say the the hearing loss side of things or the hearing problems mm. shaped your life, mm. in, in what way do you mean? Is it all kind of come full circle towards this film getting made?
1: Um, I think it made me a very angry and frustrated person and it meant that I've had to use all my anger and frustration and put it into work. So I think that's where it shaped my life. And I'm still working that out. I think when you lose a sense or something's not quite right with you, especially in school, it's more noticeable because anything's wrong with you, they want to pick on. Um, I think that's where it shaped my life. And that's also how the martial arts came into it. I went to martial arts and went to a uh, dance was the main one as because I couldn't communicate. I, I couldn't Um, because I also am dyslexic so I was was smart, I was bright and I had ideas but I just couldn't get them out there so my parents thought how can we find another way of communicating and dance is one of them and also martial arts was a way of controlling that anger of not being being able to fit in with the social norms of normality of kids at school Um, and I've always been bright and I think when you've got dyslexia or you've got hearing issues and you've got these things people go oh well you can't you can't do that, and it's not you can't. It just it takes a little bit longer, and it takes a little bit more work. Um, and so I think that's where it shaped me. It's made me quite hardworking, and also, if it's given me quite a thick skin. So like, if anyone says anything, I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you say that, I'm gonna carry on doing my thing. So I think that's where it shaped me, and it's affected my parents in different ways, and my friendships. Um, sometimes I've had to drop friends because they just don't get it. If, if you're not going to be patient or you're not going like, to know that sometimes I'm not going to be all right, then obviously you can't be my friend. So I think that's where it shaped me, I think.
0: In terms of then the martial arts side of things, because mm. you touched on it there and maybe getting the anger and frustration yeah. out or at least focusing it somewhere. Mm. And it's often been said how important sport is mm. or sport can be in releasing tension like that, particularly from a mental health standpoint. Yeah is that why you resonate so yes. closely to sport in a lot of ways
1: sport has always been a part of my life I think I don't know why but it just has I mean I've grew up with my brother playing football in the garden every single day and we live by the sea so we were always swimming um, and then martial arts was introduced I remember I used to go and watch my brother do martial arts and I thought why am I not doing this so I went and did it and ever since then kind of have fallen in love with it in different ways and always been drawn back to it. When I left for university, I um, didn't do any martial arts for about three and a half years. And then my mum went, why don't you go back? I think you need to go back. You get a little bit frustrated about your career not being how you want it. Go and just do an hour a week and that's what I do. And um, with martial arts, I've always found the two parts of uh, the sport. It's Physical, but it's a, there's a lot of uh, philosophy behind it and there's a lot of life skills and you talk about uh, how to achieve things in life and, you know, failure and uh, that's why I think martial arts has been so important in my life. But sport in general has because it's, it's about being a team player but also a leader as well. And I think you've got to be the leading woman or man in your life, but you've also got to be able to work with a lot of people because they're going to make you the best you can be. So that's why sport has been so integral into making me a better person, I think. So, yeah.
0: And uh, you you mentioned it before as well, having a thick skin Mm. and martial arts and specifically females Mm. in martial arts or female martial arts sports. I imagine that's an area that does come Mm. under a lot of criticism from people who are stuck in the dark ages, if you were, and don't believe women should be doing sports like that. Mm. How much of that is a motivating factor for you in changing people's perceptions
1: huge um, I don't understand why women aren't um, the problem is I think people think that there aren't the women doing these sports that's that's a complete lie there are the women doing their sports and um, there just isn't the press or the coverage on them uh, and especially with fighting there's this whole belief that women can't fight because it's an aggressive sport or whatever self def- uh, martial arts is self-defense it's not an aggressive sport but There is no scientific proof that women can't fight. Uh, It's just what society wants to believe. And I think boxing has opened up fighting and um, is also now opening up martial arts with it going into the Olympics. But there's still like women are massively underrepresented and there isn't the sponsorship where it should be. Um, And I just hope in the future that more girls go to karate, not to be the Olympic champion, but just why not why can't girls do martial arts and fight why can't they do that i don't understand that so i'm trying to through just a girl encourage women and and young girls that it's okay to do a subject that or a sport that is dominated by men why would why can't you so um that's what i'm trying to do through just a girl is promote women in sports at a professional level but also at the grassroots level of just going to a class why not like it's a huge uh, we have a huge mental health problem within young women. And actually, I think the coverage on male uh, mental health is huge, but it's twice more likely that a woman will go through de- mental health and depression. So, and sport is a huge way of releasing that. And I think we need to be encouraging sport, um, PE at school, and also uh, women in sport outside in clubs, uh, in running clubs, in swim clubs, in martial arts clubs, all over. So that's what Just a Girl aims to do.
0: Exactly. We'll turn now to the, the performing or the mm-hmm. uh, the acting side of things because it's always been a part of your family, really. It's something yeah. you've grown up with. Again, is that something that, uh, as well as the sport and the, the hearing loss side of things, has shaped your life into what it is now, essentially?
1: Yeah, well, my, my dad's an actor, Michael McKell, so I lived on sets and scripts and watching film and TV and going to see him at the theatre. So I th- think it's always been a part of my life. I actually went to my first dance class in Chompsford Essex Dance Theatre with Debbie and um, because I was just an angry kid dyslexic and mum was like how can we like work something out I wasn't very coordinated and dance was almost like a way for me to go and breathe and EDT was definitely that home it allowed me to do that but it also allowed me to gain a skill and then I decided to take it on and become a professional dancer and then went to Bird College um, so I think performing has always been that kind of therapy and place that I can communicate. Um, And then, weirdly, I kind of took a turn because last year I had a car crash, so I couldn't dance. And that's kind of where I went into acting and more film and being on set because I think when you have a dad that's an actor or a family member or something, you kind of like, I'm not going to do that. That's his thing. I didn't want to do acting. I never... um, I always wanted to be a dancer. And then because of the car crash it kind of led me into why wouldn't I be doing acting as well. So that's how I've kind of come into the film industry and uh, that's where I'm at now. And I think it's shaped me just because I've always felt like a creative urge and I've always needed a place to kind of explore that and doing that at Essex Dance Theatre at Bird College and my other projects that I've been on recently, it's given me that place to be able to communicate and say something. Uh, Even if it's not my project, you kind of can put a bit of you, an essence of you in that. So that's what I kind of need, I think, a lot of the time. That
0: brings me on perfectly as well to the next note I've got Mm. written down is the car crash. Yeah. Um, Firstly, just describe what happened to you and then maybe how it changed things. Was it sort of a a wake-up point or a trigger Mm. for for a lot of stuff you wanted to do?
1: Uh, So I was picking my mum up and I was coming back from Hatful Pebble Station and it was on a bend that I do every single morning and I just slipped on black ice and flipped my car and I put my arm in front of the airbag and the airbag as it came out just swung my arm and snapped it in two so I've got uh, a metal rod in my arm and six screws and it meant I was out for three months but realistically I was out for a year building my confidence back up and also regaining basically all my training at college I literally just come out and then it was all back to square one again. Um, I think car crash makes you realize how instant life is and how I was kind of being a bit idle with my career. I was just sitting back and I was, I've never been like that. It was, and I think the car crash was made me go, right, come on then, you know. Extra motivation that you needed. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think when you have a car crash, you go, oh, right, okay. Something could have happened really bad there. Something really bad has happened, but let's do something positive. So it kind of... Uh, motivated me a lot to get back on my career and get back talking to like a load of my friends as well things like that um I've connected back with old school friends because I was like what am I doing I'm isolating myself um so the car crash did that um the only thing it made me aware of a little bit as because um, I've got a scar is how I'm in a visual world and then it made me I was very obsessed before with how I looked because I went to dance my weight and things like that, and now I'm not, weirdly, because um, I've got a, a big scar on my arm. It's kind of made me like, I don't really care about that. I mean, I have days where I do, but most of the time I'm like, if you don't like me for me and what I've got to say, then that's it. Like, um, that's kind of cuts it for me. Uh, so in a way, it shaped me in that. But I think more it just made me very, very motivated to do things now because I think we talk about things a lot and we're constantly like, oh, we'll do it in the future. Uh, just do it now like um and this is where just a girl came in i was just like right i just gotta do it i can talk about it for the rest of my life just do it now uh so that's how the car crash shaped me um obviously i wish i didn't have it but it kind of changed my life in a bit so how easy
0: is that to do in, in the first place because a lot of people can go through mm. something similar like that and then it can have adverse effects yeah. on them but it seemed to almost come naturally to you that it didn't turn mm. out that way
1: I've always been like that if something if there's a bad situation I turn it into a positive I have to um but it does sit I think if you do that quite quickly it does sit with you for longer so like there are times where I go oh right yeah I I need to just give myself a bit of time um but I think if anything bad is going on in your life or you start talking to people and you realize on a general, most people have had something really bad happen to them, regardless if it's their parents splitting up or their boyfriend dumped them on that day. Something like so simple can shape their lives, but it's about making it into a positive rather than it shaping your lives in a negative way. Um, It's a lot easier to be happy and it's a lot easier to be doing something that you love and positive than being a negative, angry person. It's harder to be that person, I've, I've discovered. And I'm still working on it. Like... I get angry all the time. So I'm still working on being a better person and being positive and being the person that's the glass is half full rather than half empty. But I think when you have like a near-death experience, it kind of makes you go, right, life is quite fragile and it's always gonna be a bit fragile, but let's make it really good like let's remember the good times rather than the bad times,
0: and and making the most of yeah. the here and now, I suppose, and
1: what you've got, yeah, definitely, and everyone around you, because um, in that situation also you realise how many friends and family that do support you, even if they're not saying every single day, oh you're amazing, they are thinking that every single day. So I think that's also what it makes you realise you have got people, um, and I think some people that are lonely and think they've got no one. There is always one person you can call even if it's a stranger and says hello to you in the street like that's one person so i think that's what the car crash made me realize um about life really i guess
0: exactly now to the the grand project i Mm -hmm. suppose we should call it just a girl Mm -hmm. and tell us a bit about the the synopsis if you like because i know we've uh, we've again touched on some of the themes that the central character has but Mm -hmm. Um, give us the synopsis and maybe the main messages as well that you're trying to put out there
1: so um, Just A Girl is about a young woman ex-karate champion losing her hearing and she's moved to a rural village with her mum and stepdad and she's very unhappy uh, she's quite quiet she's shut, from, shut off from her family and her, she goes back to a local karate class and she meets a man called Massimo and he takes her out and he kind of shows her some interest. And then in a local competition, she completely loses everything. All her anger that she's been hiding suddenly comes out. And it's about what we do with that. You know, we can get angry and something's going wrong. And it all comes into a full circle of we've all got things going on, like I've just been saying, really. And how we manage our anger, how martial arts can help. And how within something really good, still you're going to have pitfalls. You're going to have rejection. You're going to lose. You're going to lose more times than you're going to win. Um, so the film looks at that, I guess. So that's the synopsis in a way. It looks at a family and how a family struggles. Um, it looks at the observers and strangers looking on a girl that's losing their hearing. And how what she's given off to the world. They, how they see it and how it reflects on both them and her. Uh, so that's what the synopsis of the film is.
0: And, and essentially is why I've touched on your own personal experiences mm. first, because I think hearing that now, a lot of people can understand where those influences have come from.
1: Yeah, definitely. In terms of that storyline. I, I think it's always... when I, st- I was never going to write, and the car crash was why I started writing, because I had a load of time. And I was like, well, I, I need kind of to release a load of this stuff. So I sat down at a computer and started writing something. And um, this is where Just a Girl came about. And I just think essentially it was a story and a message that I wanted to tell about me but also allow me to go to other people and put other bits in so there's like dialogue from other girls that are are losing their hearing right now that I've put into the story of mothers that have said this is how it feels like to have a child that is really unhappy and I've put that in so it's my own experiences and other experiences and also kind of the future as well, what I'd kind of like for people, because especially in Massimo's character, he's a man um, who's quite caring and observant and he, there's kind of no phones no text none, none of that rubbish online what it is it's about like when you see someone and you really like them and it's about that react, that um, attraction because I think that's really important to still capture I know we live in a world where we have got online dating we've got every social media that we can talk through but for me I think it's so important and I think uh, to make us mentally uh, happier people is to talk and I mean talk face to face and touch and uh, if you're angry, let it out. Don't just c- come let it go um, in. So that's Massimo's character, is almost that. He is kind of what I hope people, male or female, will be in the future rather than sitting behind a screen. <laughs> I want people to be more vocal and more observant and more patient. And he, he messes up and then he redeems himself. So I think also we've got to allow that in a society and in the he- hearing community and non-hearing community that we still don't really know. We're still ignorant and we're not always being horrible about that. There are people that are horrible and ignorant to hearing loss but there are people that just have never met someone that's deaf so they don't know what that is. So that's also what Just a Girl shows is sometimes you need a second chance um, and sometimes you're always going to need a second chance. Um, So that's one of the messages in the film that if you mess up once you're going to mess up a hundred times more. Just keep getting up and keep moving forward. Because in
0: a social media world everything is... uh, extra perfect i suppose through yeah, that well, through that lens
1: i i really wanted to create images of both female and male young stereotypes like there's this uh, tyler fios who plays the sensei uh, cj in it i really wanted to cast him young because i want to give um people that young people can look up to uh, rather than this perfect being um that you know you've got to look this certain way and blah 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 um but you can still look that way and be great. i I'm not saying that. But I just wanted to create real characters, um, authentic characters, people that are now, because I teach myself. And when, I, when I'm teaching the kids, I have noticed the pressures of how they look from uh, social media platforms is because of that. Um, and I think we need to create more authentic characters within film um, that people can relate to and believe that, that it's OK to be like that. <laughs>
0: And you've acted before in films. Mm -hmm. You've had a load of different roles, I suppose, Mm -hmm. in in other films in the past. How or what are the biggest challenges when it's your project, your idea, your story, and you have to put it into place?
1: Um, Making um, it so that thinking about your audience because you've been in the script for a year, two years, you've been in these people's lives, you've pulled and pulled and discussed it, but making sure you talk to your actors and making sure the words like fit in their mouth, ma- I always say fit in their mouths, um, talking to other people, like people that aren't in the film industry, read my script, read my idea, check it, because they're the people that are gonna watch it. Um, so that's been the thing that I've made sure, making the characters likable, because I think I'm, I've seen a lot of films uh, where you at the end of it you're like i really don't like any of these characters so i really i quite like playing ugly characters but they always try and make them likeable um so that's been another challenge i've always found weirdly it's been with the female characters because they're so strong but sometimes they can seem almost quite ugly and don't want to talk to them so i've had to just shape their lines and shape how i'm going to shoot it and things like that um The struggles the only thing is like making sure i 've got the right team i've always wanted to have because of the topics that i 'm trying to discuss because of the time frame I had to have an amazing crew and also like it was an opportunity for me to put a crew together that I really wanted to work with like all the actors i've been in projects around them and not been able to have a scene with them or uh been on, like with them so I was like I need to work with actors one that are going to give me the most amazing performance ever because essentially that's really important but also that I really really want to work with and have that opportunity and it's been the same with crew like uh, Andre I've known all my life who's doing the lighting on the film I've aw- worked with him on loads of projects but not my own project and been able to talk to him and communicate in that kind of situation um, so yeah, that was that's the only thing. Just making sure I've got the right crew, the right story to tell, and that everyone's in it as a team. Because it is my project, but it's everyone's project at the end of the day. Um, I think b- you become like the singular person with this l- idea, but at the end of the day, it would never have happened if you didn't have like all the people around you saying, "Yep, we want to do this. Yeah, how can we help this? Make this better." So I think that's what I've learned is constantly talk to your team and um, get other ears and get other opinions on it
0: and now that we're nearing the end of that process how does it feel watching it all come together Mm. finally after it's been in your life for years essentially yeah
1: it's it's nice and it's nice that um i've been speaking to the actors a lot and how they how they are thinking about the characters and how they and I was speaking to Gary, the cinematographer, how he sees shots and stuff. So it's nice. And now at the weekend, it will be actually seeing it and actually being in it. And then we'll have the whole other process of post, which will be editing and how the sound and how the music adds another layer, how it looks. So yeah, I'm on to almost the next chapter because um, I kind of see films and the making of films in chapters. So you have like the bit, the creative bit before getting it all together. Then you have the bit that I'm, not such a fan of the producing side, getting like everyone to secure a day and all of that. And now I'm onto the bit. My favorite bit is being on set. I like being on set. Um, so, and things can change within minutes on set as well. The lighting doesn't quite work. That word doesn't quite work on that scene. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I never dread cause I kind of like the not knowing. I like it all being things. I like things going wrong. Cause then I can go, ah, oh, okay, that went wrong. How can I make it better? So, yeah, I never dread or fret. I just go put myself in a situation where most of the time I have no idea what I'm doing. But just dive in, yeah, and see exactly. What happens. Because if you're just going to stand at the edge of the pool the whole time and the whole time of your life, then you're never going to fully experience it. So, yeah, I just dive in and see what happens. Exactly. Most of the time, it's all right. It never's that bad. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to working with everyone. I've got such a nice team together, and it's nice to see the reaction from people I put out uh, some social media platforms for it and um, it was nice to see people that I've never met contact me about it about the subject but about the projects about female filmmaking about the fact that I'm a female director and writer so it's all different audiences that I'm getting and that's what's been that's what I wanted to do reach out to people so essentially I've already achieved what I wanted to achieve anyway Um, it's now just to make the film and go to the next place with it
0: and again going forward i know it's being entered into some film festivals mm. as well but how can people go about seeing it finding it mm-hmm. and and watching the reception that it gets
1: so it'll be entered into film festivals and then i will have a release um oh. next year because of karate going into the olympics i want to coincide with that and it will be released onto all platforms to be seen and that will be um once that's in place that will be uh, be announced and showcased and I want as many people to see it and as many people to talk about it so um, that's where I'm there with how people can see it but to be honest you need to follow um, and share and like and then we can get more reaction and go further with it because um, that's what's amazing about social media is it creates an audience that you would never have normally had um, and it gets people talking so that's what I want to do just get people talking about hearing loss martial arts and uh, Women in the film industry, as well in uh, director and writer roles and producing roles, and going forward for that—that's what I. That's the whole point of the film. So, if I, the f- film is amazing that I make, but just creating a hub of people and opening up a topic that's not always an open topic to discuss—that's what I wanted to achieve.
0: Exactly, and I'll round this all off mm-hmm. with a two-part question. Okay first bit being about the film industry Mm -hmm. what's it like to be in but the second part for those who want to be in it Mm -hmm. what would be your main bit of advice
1: okay um i love the film industry i've fallen completely in love with it it's like the best boyfriend i've ever had um it never lets me down but it does let me down sometimes but i'm always falling in love with it constantly every day um for someone that wants to get into the film industry i have this huge issue with i'm on set and there's people that say, I want to be in film, I want to be in film, right, ask the question, do you want to see your name in a credit and go to your mates, I'm in a film, or do you want to be in film? Do you want to know about the lighting, the watching the rushes, talking to the actors, learning about some crazy thing that happened on set on two weeks ago, or do you want to just be, you know, a reality star, you know, because there's all of that out there. That that overnight fame, you can go and do that if you want to go and do that. If you want to be in film and want to love film, it's really hard. There's not much money in it um, at the indie level but it's because we love it. That's why we do it. Um, it's because there's constant rejection but we might get one amazing job and, um, you know, I've been able to go to Bulgaria from sitting in a room and not thinking I would go to Bulgaria to film. I've been able to work with my dad on set which is pretty cool. Um, work with people uh, all of all different walks of life um, but that's my biggest thing I have with people that say they want to be in an actor or want to be in film yeah do you want to actually do the hard work or do you want to just be famous there's a difference Um, and I don't want to be famous I just want to work and make tell stories Um, and everyone has different reasons for going into it some people just love how light captures people and want to be a light and some people love scores Um, so I never put people off going um, into the film industry it is hard but all jobs are hard essentially like if you want to be really good at them um it's not brain surgery it's there needs to be more teachers and brain surgeons than actors there's a lot of us I think that's also what you need to be aware of like I go to auditions sometimes where there's like 300 people for that part um but if you're in love with it and you love it you'll always do well at it so um I, there are times where you will fall out of love with your job and you have to fall back in love with it Uh, but if it it keeps bringing you back to something then maybe that's your answer maybe you should be doing it Um, but that's what I say to people that want to be in the film industry and it's never too late either if you are in a job that you don't like and you've always loved film and you just get on set like go on there's loads of people on social media contact people talk email them you know I emailed some directors saying can I just shadow you well, if they say no, they say no. But they may say yes. And if they say yes, why not go and do something you're interested in? Um, I do stuff out of film that I'm not interested in, just so that I get different kind of experiences. So that's what I'd say to people and about the film industry, is that it's really amazing. But it's like life. It's sometimes really good and sometimes really bad. Um
0: always has its ups and downs. Yeah.
1: And I think that's important to recognise that this can't always be great. You can't always be, you know, working with brad pitt you know at the oscars that doesn't always happen and those people started off as a runner or started off in the film um in the cinema like they started off that before they came that and i think we see because of social media but also because of just how we talk that we suddenly got to be the top straight away well you know you've got to work your way up to get to that point um so yeah, that's what I'd say about the film industry and getting into film.
0: And very good messages as <laughs> well. Essentially, if you work hard, you put the extra miles in, you'll get where you want to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And with that, Claudia, thank you so much for coming on to this episode. Um, A lot of important messages left, right and centre there. Mm-hmm. A bit about the hearing side of things, the car crash and bouncing back from that, but as well as the sports side, the female storytelling side as well, and mm-hmm. ultimately the movie. And we hope it all goes to plan. Um, And that you get the the success that you hope in the next few months. Mm, Thank you you very much. much. A big thank you to Claudia for coming onto the podcast to share her story. You can find a link to the page for Just a Girl in the show notes. Humans of Chelmsford is available on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Essex Live website or the podcast platform of your choice. Join us next week as we hear from another Chelmsford guest on this podcast.